You are listening to the Amen Corner, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. For more information about the Amen Corner, please follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and all your other favorite social media. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 30 of the Amen Corner. I'm Brad Rothschild. And I'm Stephen Cook. Quite a, quite a week, huh? <laughs> Come on, man! There's, it's never going to slow down. There's always going to be some craziness going on. That shit makes me want to run away. Yeah. Like, seriously, where are you gonna go? off the grid. I don't know. Where, where are you going to go? Someplace off the grid. Rural Maryland? I'm, I'm sure gonna build a bunker in the ma- in the Catactin Mountains. They're, they're going to be welcoming of you and your kind. <laughs> that place is scary. There's Nowhere like else. there's like DC in the DC Maryland suburbs and Baltimore, and then there's the rest of Maryland, which is like it's uh, pretty much like every state. Every I state has its so. couple of cities, and everywhere else you're like, really, really. But now, at least uh, according to the CDC, we don't need to wear masks if we're vaccinated. Uh, And then you texted me earlier and asked the question that is on everybody's mind, which is, well, how the hell are we supposed to know (laughs) who's been vaccinated and who hasn't? Because I'm so like now everybody's going to go without a mask. I'm certainly not taking everyone's word for it. There's no way. Look, we know how many people have actually been vaccinated. So the chances are, if you're standing in a store. Yeah. With 10 people. Yeah. Five of them are vaccinated and the other five aren't. Somebody tweeted this pro tip. If you can't tell the difference between a vaccinated person and an unvaccinated person, if they're not wearing a mask, just ask them who won the election. (laughs) I love it. And it's true. It's true. It's funny because it's true. It's funny because our democracy is still in grave danger this week. Felt like shit went bad this week. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, things were going in a really bad. So, direction. what do you think of these hundred Republicans who want to create their own movement? I'm like, okay, that's going to die. It's not going. It's going to go as far as anywhere. that op-ed they had in the Washington Post this morning. I mean, it's not going anywhere because the Republican Party is the party of the seditionists. Like, I, I just don't. I just don't understand how. They, this group of a hundred, think that they're going to like. They're not doing anything them. because they have no supporters. Right, exactly. Come on, we know this. This is like, this is like swimming against the tide, and the tide is is really on their side. I mean, the whole thing this week with uh, Liz, Liz Cheney, Cheney, like who's no hero, but she to, at least we, stood up yeah, for principle. Are we supposed to feel? Are we supposed to feel bad for her? Like, it's yeah, a, I think we're supposed to be somewhat conflicted because here was a person who stood up for principle and said, "Look, this is these are lies. This these this lie is corrosive and not just corrosive is can damage our democracy. You're setting up uh, people to act in extra constitutional ways that are going to uh, have a." broadly and devastatingly adverse effect on the country and i won't be any part of it but at the same time she's like right she voted with trump more than stefanik voted with trump well i mean we're supposed to congratulate her for admitting the truth like and that's such like a revolutionary act right now in the republican party she's the only one willing to tell the truth 
Plus, there's like a conniving aspect of it because this is the way to lift her national profile. I mean, like she's definitely going to run for office in 2024. And like as the number three Republican, as, as the as head of the are. Republican conference as, in the House, she didn't get the same kind of press that she's gotten in the last couple of weeks and that she'll yeah, get the she heroine, the truth teller. What? What's she going to run as? A Republican. And you think that in her district, they like her anymore? I, I, she, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know in Wyoming. I mean, do you, I mean, there are like three voters out there probably. Right. right? So like, I don't know what that is, but she's going to run for president. You think? Yeah. As a Republican, she's not going to get the nomination. She's not going to come gonna close. Run. She'll run for president. Even if she ran as a third party, she's not going to siphon any she votes. She thinks she can get Republican. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just telling you. This is, this saying, is what, the, this is what she's thinking. That they are setting this up to make this country, to make the next two election cycles the last ones that we have. The, well, that the are... that are 2022. The midterms? Yeah, the midterms, and then right. the 2024 elections. That's what Michelle Goldberg wrote in the, in the Times. She said, you know, imagine, like, if Kevin McCarthy were the Speaker of the House and the Republicans controlled the Senate... And they had to certify. I mean, we did. We discussed we this, this last week. week. Right, yeah, right. we said it last week. We beat Michelle Goldberg. So Michelle, Go- we beat her. We beat her. Yeah, come on, come on. We beat. No, she's. A, she must be a listener. She, you think? <laughs> Hi, Michelle. I have. Uh, I have from time to time professionally uh, emailed with her because she has had questions about the Middle East. The Middle East. Oh, that's a good segue. Oh, that's a good segue. <laughs> Is there anything anything going on in the Middle East this week? <laughs> Wow. You know, it's obviously I just horrible. wanted to like sit and write my book this week. I did it's not, not want this kind of nonsense. It's it's horrible. And people's horrible. reactions on social media make it much worse. I can I can can I, I can I just like unburden myself about this? Please. Because I am now off Twitter. I'm just tweeting my own shit and then I'm getting off. You're so not looking at anybody on, on Twitter, people. the demand it is now a requirement on Twitter that people that Reasonable people uh-huh. are not allowed to hold two reasonable and smart positions. Like For what? example, one is not permitted on Twitter yeah. to believe that Israeli policies towards the Palestinians are horrible. Right. And yeah. you are not simultaneously allowed to hold the view that Hamas rocket attacks on uh-huh. Israeli civilians are also horrible. Are also horrible. That is haram. That yeah. is you cannot. That is you are pilloried. You are a terrible human if you hold those two reasonable yeah. positions. Well, because the next I'm, thing you may not say, you may not say on Twitter, yeah. is that the situation is complicated. Is complicated. Yeah. No, it's Flexity. not complicated. It's my side is right, your side is wrong. Precisely. This is a sporting event. This is a soccer match. This is a baseball game. All these game. people sitting in there, wherever the fuck, not under fire, being absolutist. Hold on a second. Hold no, on a second. Like I, I follow, I follow accounts that from Hold people on. who are in the West Bank, yeah. in Gaza Strip. Yeah. I follow people who are in the region. Yeah. I follow Israelis yeah. who are in Israel. Yeah. The vast majority of this mass of people on Twitter who are being yeah. moral absolutists 
are somewhere not there. Okay, maybe on Twitter, but in the real world, Mm-hmm. There are absolute moral absolutists on each side on the ground, and look what they're doing. Oh yeah, doing that now. goes without and saying. I'm just telling you. Right now. I'm just telling you what shows up on my Twitter feed. Yeah, and this and this is prompting me. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do some paring back of who I follow and muting and blocking because it's just, well, it's not so much the people that I follow, but that then gets tweeted and retweeted and so on and so forth. So I, I'm. But I'm each going, side treats this like it's a sporting. Like it's event. a sport. Like this is this is like it's like everybody my sits side. On, Versus your side and my Facebook, side is, Twitter, watching what's happening and like cheering on. Right, and your it's side just, is absolutely wrong. And if you're going to attack us, well, just you wait. If you're going to rain down missiles on us, you're going to get what's coming to you. And here comes and the idea. And then you have a cheering crowd. Yes, that's what I'm talking about, the cheering crowd. What about the people in New, in the United States who walk around wearing sweatshirts saying... Israel Defense Forces. That's like wearing Jeter on the back of your shirt. That's like wearing a Yankees shirt with Jeter on it. Well, every everybody's, you know, Bubby and Zeta goes to Israel and brings back the t-shirt that says I know, you know, Israel is real and the yeah, IDF t-shirt. Okay, Israel is real is one thing, but like to wear the IDF, like, oh, I support the Israeli army. So really? I, in my t-shirt collection... Yes, I have that. I actually got. I didn't get it in like the old city at some you know t-shirt yeah. hawker, um, like the like the IDF like paratroopers t-shirt, like the uh-huh. real deal. Okay, do you walk around? I, don't, I know it's just in my it's in my collection. I don't you walk wear it around, around wearing it. No, like I, like, like I don't wear my Erdogan or CC t-shirts. It's just part of a collection. Okay, but I'm saying you don't walk around wearing it like a. No, are people boy. walking around the Upper West Side in their IDF t-shirts? Mostly kids. There's a there's a people who live a few doors down from us that I think they rent the house Uh and they've gotten like super religious over the years that we've been here and on like Jerusalem Day he flies the Jerusalem flag out of the house the Jerusalem flag not the Israel flag but the actual like with the the lion on it yeah with the lion on it with the lion I'm like why does this guy just move to like Sharim already because it's more comfortable to live in like yeah in the mean streets of Potomac. Exactly. But let's review, shall we? Okay, let's review. Let's just go back, because last week we touched on this briefly when we talked about Sheikh Jarrah, and we talked about how ridiculous it is that the Israeli foreign ministry was referring to this as a private real estate dispute. Really, there is nothing in the whole Israel-Palestine conflict that cannot be defined as a real estate dispute. I mean, so, you know, after the episode, yeah, I was listening to the BBC and they had that guy Mark Regev on. Is he the uh-huh. spokesman for the Ministry yeah. of Foreign Affairs? Yeah. Anyway, so he was saying this is a real, this is a private real estate uh-huh. dispute. It'll be adjudicated by the courts. And uh-huh. they were saying, well, you know, this is disputed. And he said, and, and he's like, no, no, no. Yeah, this is this is Israel. This is this is Jerusalem. This is our capital, and our courts will decide what's legal inside. And so that goes to the heart of the matter, which is that after the June '67 war, when Israel conquered East Jerusalem, expanded the city, and annexed it, and extended Israel law there, the Israelis and the Israeli courts have applied Israeli law there. The international community says. Uh, this is not a, we don't recognize this annexation. Right. And therefore, 
Israel must uphold the responsibilities of an occupying power, which means it cannot do what it is proposing to do in Sheikh Jarrah, which is to evict these, I think it's six families, I've I've read four, whatever, and that they cannot do that. And that's basically where where we are at. But that's not all. But that's only... Well, no, no, no. So that's that's the... Hold on, hold on. But that's part of the Sheikh Jarrah story. The other half of that, the other side of that, is even if you take away the obligations under international law, and Mm -hmm. if you... Let's just give them that Israeli law is is in effect, which we can agree is not. But let's just say that okay. it is. Okay. But Israeli law says that Jews have the right, well, right. to reclaim but, but lands so. and properties that were theirs prior to right. 1948, but Palestinians do not. Right. right. Do not. So, so there are neighborhoods in the western side of the city, like Rahavia, which is a very nice neighborhood where Arab yeah. families live. Palestinians cannot right. we reclaim that property. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. And then what I was trying to explain, I was on a, a CFR podcast this week. What I was trying to explain was that it, let's stipulate the kind of legalisms and the very lawyerly way of looking at this. But also you have to do that against the backdrop of an Israeli policy over the course of half a century that has been to change forcibly change the demographics of right. Jerusalem and the West Bank. Yes. The West Bank they'll never do it. Jerusalem, of course, they can't. Yes. And that and that it, it can't possibly be looked at as Mark Regev says is just a real estate dispute between private no, parties. Because the Prime Ministers Prime Ministers of Israel are like, no, we're gonna we're gonna change the demographics of the city. That, so, uh, so we have this this dispute, whether right. private private real estate dispute or not, mm-hmm. is happening, coinciding with several things. It was Ramadan, and Jerusalem Day, and Jerusalem Day fell, and the mo- and, the, and the most important night of Ramadan, right? Well, and, of Qadr, <laughs> the night that the Quran was revealed to the Prophet Muhammad. All of these things are happening concurrently, and tensions were. Already high. Higher and higher. And there was a conflagration conflagration on the Temple Mount. That was on Monday night. That was on Earlier that was this on week. Le- yeah. That was on that most exactly. And that's when Hamas said, get the right. Israeli security forces off the Haram Sharif Temple Mount, or we're gonna or fire we're gonna rockets. Firing and they rockets. Did. One other thing though. Yeah. What is and I, I think this will resonate with you. Um People talk about this group Lahava. Is that how you pronounce it in Hebrew? Yeah, Lahava. Yeah. This like right wing group going through the city and saying death to the Arabs. Yeah. Arabs get out and they're like, oh my God, you know, this happened, this right wing group and so on and so forth. I was like, I don't know. I remember being like 24 years old and like hopping off the bus in downtown Jerusalem. And I'm like, why are there all these cops? Why is there all this water cannon and stuff like that? Like, oh yeah, right wing group marauding through yeah. no, it's not Zion Square in the area, screaming death to the Arabs, Arabs get out. Like this is not something that's so totally new. You're right. But, but it I was coming at this moment. It's also coming at this moment, but I, you're right. It's not new, but at the same time, it feels like the police are standing down a little bit more than they had been maybe 30 years ago. That uh, I mean, there was a pretty. I remember those. I remember those incidents in 1992 and 1993, and you were there too. Yep. I remember the, like it was pretty robust police response. I remember like 
you know, water cannon, like, holy shit, this water yeah. cannon, I got to go. But the police response is not quite as robust anymore. No, no, I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So that's also part of the problem. And, you know, I was talking about this the other day. And, and look, you know this as well as I know this. Uh, Israel has become much more right wing in the last generation. True. 25 years. Huh? And and a lot of it has to do, and young people, it's not like in the United States where no, young right. people are progressive. Young people there are more right wing than older people. That's and right. That we, ha- yeah. we have a friend who lives in Israel, made Aliyah. Yeah. And he has a son who, who just got right? out of the army. Yeah. And when I was there, I guess it was 2019, he was saying to his dad, he's like, you read that in Haaretz? Yeah. Like, that's not cool. Like, don't read Haaretz. Right. And you know what a I mean that's not I love I, I love the kid. He's a great he's a okay. great kid. Do you know who's but been, like that's there is this kind of Do you know who's been the education minister for like the last decade? The guy from Shas? No, Naftali Bennett. Oh, is it Naftali Bennett's been the minister? Yeah. I can't. So the, for the a ministry decade? Yeah, um I think so. The Ministry of Education has been in the hands of that nationalist long? religious people for a generation. And this is the result. When you educate children and to believe certain things, this is the outcome. Right. And if your friend's son, who you like a lot and comes from a educated family, uh, they're not living in, you know, some peripheral town in Israel, fully integrated into Israeli society. Mm-hmm. And look at the result. But I think, yeah, I, I, I do, I do, I sure. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to say that 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 they are like an example. But what I'm saying They're is because I think we've seen we've seen the kind of rightward lurch of the Israeli electorate yeah. at large post Second Intifada, right? The Second Intifada even, basically yes, blew up even, all of the assumptions yeah. of the Israeli peace camp, and lots of these kids either were born afterwards. Or in the midst, and it was a terrible, terrible experience. That's not to minimize the experience there was for Palestinians who were reoccupied and killed and and so on and so forth. But I think that that's, I think that that's, yes. So, like, broadly society wide, that has been the case. And then add to it the profound sense that the world is against. Is against Israel, but that's not new. Whether look, I'm saying whether that is a you know something that is entirely accurate or not, there is a sense with it. It, it runs deep within the Israeli body politic. I think that the world is not supportive, and that Israel, nothing Israel does to defend itself, will ever you know that anybody that's, will ever understand that. That's true, you know, but that's from time immemorial. Coming on the heels of a Human Rights Watch report, you know, saying that Israel you know, cross the threshold of apartheid. It's just, it's one, one thing on top of the other. But they're predisposed to thinking that. They're predisposed to thinking that saying, the world I'm not, is I'm not saying that thing. that's not accurate. I'm just saying that there are yeah. these kind of multiple vectors in society and inputs that one can understand how that it's happens. Be- yes, but it's become a, a less liberal and less democratic country in the last generation. Now- that right. is not to say that the Palestinians are blameless, because again, we're holding two contradictory ideas in our heads at the same time. Well, they're we not both, even contradictory. No, they're, they're not just two ideas. Yeah, but they're two that ideas are equal, that are. You can hold two ideas that are true. Yeah. 
Right. That is right. So, right. yes. When, do we decry when Hamas lobs missiles at Israeli towns and villages? Yes, we do. Right. Do we think that it shouldn't happen? Of course we think it shouldn't happen. Right. Do, but do there's also like the Bernie Sanders who releases God- a statement who doesn't even mention Hamas. That's the complaint from right. okay. like supporters right. of Israel and Israelis. Now, and now so do, we so think, do, do we think that uh, it's a good thing that Hamas is in charge of Gaza? No. No. We don't. Well, this but is do a, we think that it's a good thing that Gaza is an open air prison? No, no we no, don't. We don't. So this was very interesting. And American supporters of Israel like are completely clueless. And they also can't. And so they can't hold two ideas in their head. Right. I was on a I was on a radio program yesterday. I was on Sirius XM radio with Dan Abrams, the guy who's the wow. legal correspondent for ABC News. He has his own radio program on Sirius XM. Okay. It's great. It's a fun program. And first half, he and I chatted, and then yeah. they took calls. And we got, like, some guy from New Jersey called in. Uh-huh. He's like, let me ask you a question. How come the U.S. government, you know, Hamas's charter says to kill all Jews, and yet the U.S. government doesn't consider it a terrorist organization and talks to these people and this, that, and the other thing? And I was like, well, in reality, <laughs> Hamas sure is a <laughs> designated terrorist organization. What? The U.S. government does not talk to Hamas. That's not true. Has not raised too many <laughs> objections to Israel and Egypt closing off the Gaza Strip. Yeah. Has armed Israel and its ability to defend itself against rockets from the Gaza Strip. And in fact, there have been moments when there have been reason to communicate with Hamas. We have done it through third parties. I mean, like just people have like, no They're, clue. They believe what they believe. And I'm sure that this guy was not convinced by the by the facts that you presented him with. I'm I sure like, he was not. I was like imagining him somewhere like, I don't know. A 400-pound guy on a bed somewhere? No, 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 no. <laughs> but he was like, you know, like he sounded like a New Jersey guy, right? And right. so I was in that. And then like, like all like, that can't be true. That can't be true. So he's not going to believe you. But and again, people say Israel is the only country in the world that does not have the right to defend itself. I'm not even sure what that means, but I hear it all the time. <laughs> right. I mean, I think I think the I think what people are, obviously Israel is the right I, I, and I, has I been know, know. and has been and hasn't and yes. there's been really no effort, particularly in this incident, to to rein them in or to rein them, them in up. or de-escalate. I mean, the United States sent. A, a really nice guy, a smart guy, but a very, very mid-level right. envoy to try to, uh, to try to you know assess the situation and see what he could do. I, I, I think I think the point is is that when and it's when Israel defends itself, I think that the feeling is, and I don't think that this is an unreasonable view. Yeah, that when Israel defends itself, almost immediately. There are there is a chorus of people, whether it's Europeans, whether it's American so-called progressives or whatever, right. who say it's like it's like the Human Rights Watch report. You know, I right. raised the question in the column I wrote about it is one has to wonder what in what way that the Israelis would choose to defend themselves that would be acceptable to an organization like Human Rights Watch. Probably that's a, I think that's a legitimate question at this, it is, at this very moment to ask and for Israelis yeah. to be asking like what is it that what is it that 
Right. It's like we'd be doing that would be acceptable to you. What's proportional response? What's a proportional response? Right. And I don't right. think they're in the mood to apologize for defending themselves as they see no, fit, they no matter how. Do. And but, that's why I think that's I think that that's a one of those factors that has led to that kind of rightward lurch of the electorate. Sure. Like, well, fuck you, we're not going to apologize for okay. okay. No matter that, what we do. That may be the case, but let's right. talk about I want to I want to shift a little bit of focus okay. on this. Because something else happened this week that really hasn't happened at this level before. Okay. And that is the violence uh in the towns and cities. Oh my God. And the lynchings that have taken place and the beatings and the threatenings and the burning of the yes. mosques and of the synagogues. Guys, it's terrible. And it's really, we're seeing a level of violence on the ground. On the ground. People. In Israel, in among Israel, Israeli uh, citizens. Yes. That we have not seen not since seen. 1948. Now, now, it's really, it's been stomach turning to watch. Well, they I have to you. tell you that I yeah. wasn't necessarily. Ter- totally surprised How by it. How could you right? be surprised? How could anybody be surprised? Right. The nation state law, which was passed a couple of years ago, is just another example of the fact that there are two classes of citizens there. And at some point, you push people enough, and this is what's going to happen. Right. And, and that's exactly what happened. Right. This has been, people have been itching for this for a long time, it seems, on both sides. And you had, uh, Palestinian citizens of Israel doing it and Jewish citizens of Israel doing it. There's neither side right. was innocent in this. It's, it happened, exactly. It happened in lots of different places. Uh, and it looked, uh, it looked horrible from here. It, horrible. It, I mean, in every way. Bad. And also, um, you know, I saw today there were uh, protests in the West Bank in support of, you know, their brethren in Israel proper. Right. Uh, you know, when when we talk about the green line being blurred by the government of Israel, this is another outcome. Well, back in the summer of 1997, I had a research grant where I spent half the summer living in the West Bank and half the summer living in Israel. And I was doing research in Israeli Arab villages, Palestinian citizens of Israel yeah. and their towns and villages. And, you know... To a person that, you know, they, they, they did not refer to themselves as Israeli Arabs. Right. They saw themselves as the remnant of the, of, of, of the rightful inhabitants of the land, the, the, the 1948 right. Palestinians, and that their identity was bound up in that, not as Israelis. That's why I wasn't surprised. But I mean, they're not integrated into Israeli society. Exactly. So why should they feel well, that's like right. they're Israeli That's citizens? exactly right. That's and exactly then when you, right. when you have politicians, Israeli politicians, who say we should revoke their citizenship. Right. I mean, who? and that's not a new idea either. That's something that uh, Victor Lieberman floated out, I think, in 2009. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, One more. <coughs> yes. Uh, right. And so it's this kind of, it's the denial of Palestinian identity. Yeah. And there's a Palestinian denial of Jewish connection to the land. And this has been going on on both sides in ways that this intercommunal violence isn't, uh, isn't surprising by any stretch of the imagination. I also think like Israelis thought like the conflict with Palestinians was contained and that is the Palestinian 
citizens of Israel were satisfied with their situation because they they had more rights than they they uh, wanted they wanted to believe they were right it was wishful thinking right so right. so when Israelis ignore the occupation and Israelis have done so for a long time and have been successful at ignoring the occupation right. but guess who is not ignoring the occupation the Palestinians they can't <laughs> the ignore occupied. it how could they not right. So we can say like, oh, you know, it doesn't affect us. Or if you're in Tel Aviv, you don't really know what's going on. But the people who live under Israeli military authority, they know what's going on every day. They they feel it and it impacts right. them and they're not going away right. and they're not going to just say like, well, I guess you're right. We're just going to sit quietly for the rest of our lives. Right. That's not going to happen. That's right. the wishful thinking. Right. The wishful That's thinking exactly right. is we're going to make peace deals with the UAE and with Oman, and with Morocco, and we're going to be integrated into the region. Maybe so, but there will never be peace until these two people can figure out how to coexist. They don't need to like each other. They don't need to talk to each other, but they need to stop fucking killing each other. Right. That's right. And That's exactly until right. that happens, Israel is not going to know a minute's peace. It will not. Not a chance. No. So nope. I don't know where this I don't know where this ends. I, I you know my view. I don't think that there is I don't think that there is peace to be had. So what does that mean? What does that look like in fifty years? I mean fifty years from now, you know, odds are you and I aren't gonna be here to be discussing this. We might be if we're lucky, but probably not. We'll be if we're around, we'll be wearing adult diapers and drooling on ourselves <laughs> even more than we are now. What are you talking about? I am now. I said even more than Back we are where, right now. Right. Um so well, not the diapers, this, but I do have to wear no, a bib. No. But like, what does this look like in fifty years if they can't figure this out? If they continue not to figure it out, what does it look like? Well, I mean, what I've been saying to people is this: is like, you know, some version of what you see now, where the Israelis continue to occupy, they annex the territory, and they keep Palestinians bottled up, and that they have periodic flare-ups of violence, and that Israelis. But, but how long can that go on? I, I don't know. It's gone on a really long time now. It has, but it can't go on indefinitely. It can't go on forever. I, some I point, suspect in, in our go. lifetimes it will go on. I don't. What I, I, I don't, don't think will happen. You. What I absolutely don't think will happen is, as a result of this experience, everybody will be like, "Oh shit, we really need to have a peace process." That ain't gonna no. happen. No, it's not gonna happen because it's in. It's not in. Netanyahu's interest. It's not in Hamas's interest. Still, well, and it's not only that. I don't think that you know. I, 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 my sense is, I don't have any, like, yeah. this is anecdotal, that after uh, Israel's blanketed with rocket fire yeah. and, you know, the world is, from their perspective, criticizing them, that, yeah. you know, Democrats are criticizing the president of their own party for saying Israel has a right to defend itself, that it's going to put anybody in Israel in the mood to want to have a negotiation with Palestinians. Because what they'll say is, and they're not entirely wrong here, is that we'll make a concession and we will have what we have in Gaza ever closer to us in the West Bank. That's the, that is the view that they have. And if you live in Tel Aviv or wherever, that's not, uh, that's, it's, uh, that's not an out of the mainstream view. No, but but that doesn't take into account. And whenever people say like, well, look what happened with Gaza. We left Gaza and look what happened. 
They, Israel pulled out of Gaza unilaterally. Mm-hmm. They didn't hand the keys over to anybody. There was no agreement right. as to what was what this was going to look like. Right. They just said, "We're out. You guys right. do what you want." Right. But you honestly, can't do that with the West Bank. But look, I, you know, you, you know me. I, I think the way in which the, the Israelis have annexed territory, I have been very public early on saying the two state solution is dead. The Israelis have no intention of ever giving up the West Bank. Etc. 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 Just open your eyes, everybody. This is what they're doing, and it's terrible. Um, but I mean, are you going to have an agreement with Mahmoud Abbas, who's in the seventeenth year of a four-year presidential term and is weak? I. It just. It's. This is why. This is why it's so hard for me to imagine yeah. American diplomacy achieving anything. Well, nothing. Will but happen. the structure of the conflict itself yeah. makes it hard to imagine, it. and then the politics. Of it, but, make it hard. But the structure of the conflict has really remained the same. The same. For the last 50 years. Right. It has Israelis been, can't satisfy Palestinians' know, minimum demands for peace, and Israelis can't satisfy Palestinians' minimum right, demands maybe, for peace. Maybe since uh, the Oslo Accords and you know when the PA came into power and, mm-hmm. and Arafat came back to, to the West Bank, since then... That's another T-shirt I don't wear in public. My Yasser yeah, Arafat yeah, shirt. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. good idea. I, I have threatened to wear it. Yeah, you, like, you, you should wear it to Yankee Stadium for. Uh, we were going. We were, for this El was Kunz years Day. ago. We're we celebrating were El Kunz Day at Yankee Stadium this year. <laughs> we were going. We were getting up early, and this was when we belonged to the DC JCC when we lived downtown, and we were going to go work out. It was like six o'clock in the morning, and I put on my Arafat T-shirt to and go. Your wife and like, slapped yeah. you in the head and said, "What are you like, thinking?" Go, no, 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 no. I did it on purpose. She's like, take it off. Yeah. Take it off. But, but since 1994, let's say, uh-huh. the contours of the, of the conflict have really not changed at yeah. all. Yeah. And that's why, you know, we can talk about this from here until, you know, t- tomorrow. Nothing has changed and nothing is going to change. Right. And it's boring. And I hate to say that because so we're boring. talking about like people dying, and that's not boring, and it's fucking. Tragic. No, no, no. But the, but, the, but as but, a, as, a, as a discipline, you know, this is well, right. This I mean, is I don't not interesting anymore. I'm this sorry. Not, as you well know, this isn't my bread and butter topic. Yeah. And so I was like, look at the people who like are the Arab-Israeli like conflict geeks. I'm like, yeah. How how like. You go around and around talking about the same thing for a year. And a year that's now. all they're like, doing. Maybe I mean, yeah, like, nothing maybe like think of something else to do. I mean, like, doesn't that not get boring? I mean, if you think about like, you're let's say you're an Israeli political analyst, right? You're looking all the time at the the the, the changing names of the political parties, right? And the different personalities and who's on the rise and who's going down and like, but there's no difference. I, mean, I love. The- I love when these like centrist parties they like break away and everybody's like, oh my god. And, and then like two years later there's like one guy. Yeah, and they never do anything because they're not real parties. There's right, no, of course not. There's no infrastructure there. There's just a bunch of personalities who say, like, all right, I'm not getting what I need out of Likud or out of labor right, right. and I'm gonna start my own thing. And none of these things ever work. None of them. Because nobody has a coherent solution here. Because <laughs> there isn't one. Yes. That's kind of a problem. Small problem. Small problem. I don't think we're solving the we Israel-Palestine conflict today, but maybe next think, episode. Maybe next episode. But do you think? Do you think we? Uh, you think we? You think we move the ball at all? 
No. <laughs> yeah. If we have, it's only been backwards. <laughs> but do you think that we've managed to piss any of our listeners off just today? Maybe. You think? I'd love to get some. I'd love to get some hate mail. Would you? And not no, just for me this time. You know? I get I get hate mail from stuff that you know columns and stuff like yeah, that. You don't need anything like that. Twitter shit from mail. people. No, 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 no. I don't want hate mail. Look, this is a hard. This is such a hard issue. Oh, it's complicated. Is that what? No, you're I'm not saying. I don't want to say it's complicated because I don't want to get in trouble. I yeah. just say it's hard. It's not complicated. It's very straightforward. There's one Jewish state and 22 Arab countries, and why do they need ours too? What did the Ottomans do? Did the Ottomans, did they do that? Did, were they as moral? The Ottomans should come back. What about the Jordanians? I feel like if there was, if they reconstructed, King Solomon. They reconstructed the Ottoman Empire and let every religious group have its own autonomy, yeah, like awesome. back in the old days, it would work. It would work. Uh, since when did you become a member of the Turkish ruling party? Uh, you know. I, I listen to a lot of things that you say. What can I tell you? <laughs> they have a very sunny kind of like interpretation of the Ottoman period. I mean, it's, I'm not suggesting that it was, you know, all sunshine and roses, but <laughs> for the most part, for what was it, 400 years? Right. Shit worked pretty well. You know, I was thinking about all that actually when I was flipping channels the other night. And I came across, and this has like, no, I don't know why this popped into my head. Gladiator was on. Uh-huh. I love that movie. I love it. Russell Crowe kicks ass, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a huge Russell Crowe fan. And he hasn't done anything since then that's worth watching. But he kicked ass in yeah. Gladiator. I was like, wow, I don't remember how good this movie was. Joaquin even, Phoenix was just, like, you hated Joaquin Phoenix in that movie. Uh, he was Joaquin, such. Lauren and I were talking about it. He was evil. He was evil. But Joaquin Phoenix was great as Johnny oh. Cash. That guy's a He's good a actor. Great actor. Uh, did you see Joker? I didn't. It freaked me out. Just the trailer. I was like, oh, oh I can't. He's unbelievable. It. Is He's he unbelievable? Anyway, go on. You were watching. Gladiator. Whatever. I'm just saying. I, I, no, I'm trying to get out of it. So I was just. I wanted to talk about Gladiator. Oh, I thought you because Russell Crowe kicked ass. Oh, that's yeah. it. All right, so I think we're going to end. This think is my segue end. out of we're our dead-end conversation right, about Israelis gonna, and Palestine. We're going to end this by saying, Gladiator, go and watch it if you can. <sighs> the kids hated the 25 minutes of it they watched, and then it kicked me out so they could watch something else. I had to go up to I got relegated to the bedroom. Were they watching Animal House instead? No, they were watching no. Like, The Big Bang Theory, which is like... <sighs> Let's not even talk about that. Meh. All right. All right. We're out. We're out. Later. Later.